welcome to a very festive Christmas episode of What Else Are We Mad At? The podcast from Bohemia Magazine where we discuss what we're mad at, brackets, Christmas. I'm Q. (laughs) I'm L. And I'm E. Uh, you'll have to bear with us because two thirds of us um, are suffering from a pretty pretty bad cold. So if oh. we sound super sexy and bunged up, that's why. But moving on, we will just go right in and start with L this week. L, what else are we mad at? Well, Q, aside from uh, heading up the sneeze squad this week, um, <laughs> I am mad at a stupid Christmas tradition. Well, in my opinion, stupid Christmas tradition that seemed to appear out of nowhere um but has like taken families by the chokehold in the western world over the last few years and that is the elf on the shelf thing so (laughs) i know right so i'm sure i'm sure everybody knows what elf on the shelf is but in case you don't uh it's this like little elf guy uh and he is supposedly a scout elf And the idea is that it sort of spies on children to report back to Father Christmas to say whether you've been bad or good uh, over the festive season so he knows what presents to get you. Um, He supposedly goes back to the North Pole overnight, every night. So then when they wake (laughs) up in the morning, the elf's in a slightly different place, uh, which is like fun for the kids because they're like, oh my God, where's the elf going to be in the morning? Um, And that's the premise of it. Now, kind of, bonkers and bizarre like it it seemed to appear out of literally nowhere like all the people i know that are parents suddenly suddenly it just appeared about like i don't know maybe like four years ago at this time of year on everyone's facebooks and instagrams they're constantly like posting about this stupid little pissy like spy narc elf like what <laughs> <laughs> What is I like and and just acting as though it's been this tradition that's been there for years? It hasn't. So I had a I had a look into like where it even came from earlier, just out of interest. It's actually come from this book, uh, which was written by oh, what's her name? I have forgotten Carol. Uh, Carol, <laughs> I know, right? Christmas Carol, uh, Carol. Eberschold, uh, who is um, she's American, but she's got like Scandinavian ancestry. Uh, and it's basically just based, like, it's a little book called The Elf on the Shelf, A Christmas Tradition, which was based on her own family's, uh, holiday tradition, like, that they've done since, like, the 70s, which they're basically, you know, they just had an elf on the shelf at Christmas, their parents told them it was spying for Father Christmas, whatever, and she's written this book, and it comes with the an elf, um, and now it's a cultural phenomenon. It's, in my opinion, kind of, creepy um the idea of normalizing okay so first of all like the whole thing about arbitrary like good and bad behavior in kids is has a whole lot of issues of its own and like punishes behavior which is not necessarily like good or bad but in many cases neurodivergent or children just learning uh so there's that uh pathologizing kids doing normal kid shit um but there's also the whole thing like i was having a little read into this there's a load of criticism around the uh what it teaches kids about privacy um because essentially it kind of conditions children to like accept (laughs) 
that involuntary non-consensual surveillance is normal <laughs> <laughs> and yes. not only normal Ew. but it will you'll be rewarded for it in the form of presents uh which is a great big yikes uh and red flag it, you know it kind of which and, and when you think about it you're like oh yeah fuck it really does just like teach them to accept this like surveillance state and nanny oh state and like health in the shelf <laughs> surveillance <laughs> state it's true i know right but like with and, and like normally with a toy or something you're allowed to interact with it but one of the rules of this game is that you do not touch the elf like Ew. you are not not a toy it is a it is it is a, a scout for santa which is creepy as fuck like they are not allowed to touch it, but it is allowed to judge and see everything they do and report it back to some man in a red suit who's going to like morally judge you for your behavior and like maybe give you a lump of coal. What the fuck? This is just adding to the whole like stupid, naughty, nice thing. And I kind of hate it. So that's my little rant about Elf on the Shelf. Like, I don't know if you guys have opinions on it, but I think it's the creepiest Christmas <sighs> tradition so come out of local like, totally conditioning like a surveillance state, which, um, in school, we were told that the UK is the most surveilled country in terms of like speed counter traffics and shop uh, like security things and stuff. And they said we're that, told that here that was, too about you guys. Yeah, yeah, they said that as though it was a good thing. And even then, like <laughs> a young fourteen-year-old kid was like, "What? That that doesn't that that sounds bad, actually." But yeah, it's just completely <laughs> playing into the surveillance state. And also, um, every single year. You've heard of Elf on the Shelf. Now get ready for a picture of a celebrity on, like, on a picture of something that rhymes. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's, it's not a good not, meme. It's, it's dumb. A, I hate them all. Wow. It, wow. I <laughs> sent one of those into the group chat a week ago. And I didn't like it. This is, this is, this this is producer a, Jake Erasure. Yeah, this is a call yeah. out. Yes, wow. this whole segment was done to call you out. <laughs> Bad joke. Yeah. You went to comedy school. Get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it's the apart aside from the whole like I don't know if you've got like opinions Eileen about Elf on the Shelf, but like aside from this, are there any weird Christmas traditions that you have seen or like Christmas things that you have seen pop up on social media of late that yeah, are just you know, a bit like what the fuck? The, yeah, I think this is the biggest one I've seen that I remember seeing like tricklings of and Instagram a couple years back. But I think now that like our friend group um, or like our friend generation rather are like all having, are starting to have kids now. I'm starting to see oh, it. Yeah, you say that and I just think group. it's so, I know I'm like, none of us have children. Um, I find it so like, this is funny because, you know, like read and write about traditions and rituals, but I feel weird when traditions like, I guess, just coolly appear from nowhere and everyone's like, oh, of course, we've been practicing Elf on the Shelf for a hundred years. And I'm just like, if it's going to be a new tradition, just own it and be like, isn't this cool? This like new thing. But everybody's like, you don't know what Elf on the Shelf is. I just feel like it's something <laughs> that Big Mom created on Pinterest. <laughs> this is a mom's <laughs> <to> shame, conspiracy. <laughs> yes. To shame other moms for like not like for just like outperforming each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the moms are totally doing it for the other mom. And it's like, oh, that's yeah. fine. Like 
own it, I guess. Also, I think Christmas elves are so scary. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is. I just think they look so scary. Never liked them. I love the idea of like weird little haunted woodland fairy elves. Like that sounds nice. But I like don't love Santa's sweatshop. Like why is he working <laughs> these little elves? Like that's so weird. Santa, <laughs> sponsored by She In. <laughs> yes, yes. But it just feels like this weird capitalist like like yeah surveillance state thing like you said um i don't i don't like it i don't no. know if i've heard of any new christmas traditions that i really like but i no. really don't like this <laughs> no and i think you just like touched on the exact thing where like when it's when they're posting it on facebook and instagram and stuff that's not for the kids that's for them and that's <laughs> yeah. them being like look how fun a mom i am i've done this whole <laughs> elaborate setup with my elves where it's i don't know they've done flower snow prints all across the carpet and he's hanging from the chandelier and like it's, it's just, just a very performative thing like parenthood is. Is, in the past five or ten years or so parents a certain section of parenthood has become incredibly performative with the rise of mommy bloggers and stuff like that mm. so it's like it's not enough to have a kid and all the labor that comes into that you have to perform your parenthood on social media for the likes mm. and the games so that everyone knows that yeah. you're an amazing parent and like i mean they're going through enough they have children at christmas just yeah. stop blogging it's <laughs> fine yeah. Yeah. we don't Literally. need new weird friends that we're trying to like yeah also also like you just said a moment ago Eileen, like randomly gaslighting everyone into being like well we've always done elf on the shelf guys it was, it was, <laughs> it, was published, it was published in 2012 and it was like self-published it didn't like get into mainstream until i think they said oh, uh, i think it said like that's like 2016 or something. <laughs> yeah i know also, self-published it, it only took off because some celebrity i can't remember which one was photographed holding it so people were like probably with a spoon <laughs> also um i thought the whole thing about santa is that like he knows when you've been sleeping yeah he knows when you're like he knows when you've been good or bad oh now he's delegating now he's not as powerful <laughs> as we thought surely santa should be like hey i'm doing all the hard work here you at think. this point what is santa doing <laughs> he's not making the gifts and he's not doing the surveillance so maybe the elves should Sant- unionize is what I'm saying. Santa is a corporate I'm, shill. <laughs> yes, Santa is a corporate shill. Oh he's wearing God. red. He's giving all the wrong impressions. He's trying to pretend he's a comrade, but really. Elf union. Elf Uh-oh. union. Elf union. <laughs> the, the celebrity was Jennifer Garner. There we go. Jennifer Garner. Was no wonder Ben Affleck divorced her ass. <laughs> I love her. She and Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so I kind of hate on the elf on the shelf, and that's really my two cents. And you're quite right. (laughs) And I'm quite right. Um, And I am probably really mad at something, but I don't really know what. But I know for a fact that producer Jake is really mad at something and is dying to share it with us. So producer they Jake, have would, a visual you, aid, I've heard. They do a visual aid for this audio medium. So please, okay, right. producer Jake, tell us what you're really mad at on my behalf. So, advent calendars, right? Yes. We love them. They're chocolate. You get them every day. Part of the joy of an advent calendar is you find the number, like it's never in the right order. You have to look for it. You peel the window open, you get a little nice little picture on the outside. Then you go and you try and find the thing on the inside. This year, and I hope my mum is continuing to not listen to the podcast because she always insists that she buys <laughs> advent calendars. She has, she has brought me something that ruins the joy of an advent calendar. But hold on, let me, let me just... <laughs> 
So I've got this monstrosity here, which Ooh. is a Reese's Pieces advent calendar. Sounds great, right? Reese's yes. Pieces. I love Reese's yeah. Pieces. They're peanut and chocolate. What more is there to love? But rather than having windows, it's got this weird wheel in it. And you just like <laughs> spin the wheel around. What? And it like picks up a thing. And then... I can't even get the wheel spin. Yeah, and then it drops out the bottom, but it doesn't drop out the bottom. You've got to, like, shake it. No! <laughs> and then it falls out and goes all over the floor. <laughs> and then you've got to try and count it, because you can see, like, there's, like, a ramp of them going down. Like, imagine, like, the Donkey Kong ramp oh that, the, uh, that the boulders oh fall down. Clever and bit it goes of down and then there's, like, no. different points numbered on here, but they don't quite work out and i i'm definitely have fucked up the amount of chocolate that i'm eating I <laughs> you have to like shake it and make sure they're all next to each other because oh it currently stands that's so horrible I like according to this so much according to this it's tomorrow now or is it on 13 <laughs> because i haven't opened 13 yet i don't know oh my god is your, is your advent calendar fucked up time <laughs> i think so <laughs> or, capitalism and advent calendars and luxury advent calendars last year but honestly this is worse yeah. <laughs> this is worse um i we'll I post a picture of, to our stories yes well, i can't i kind of wish i had not kind of wish i hadn't asked that's like ruined my entire christmas yeah <laughs> i'm sorry well i'm just gonna canceled. i'm just gonna angrily eat this reese's piece now <laughs> <laughs> i think the ramp concept is so so like i imagine like one of the like product engineers being like this is gonna revolutionize the advent calendar and then whoever was doing the budgeting was like we're gonna make it sh- we're gonna make something so shitty and so useless <laughs> So like their clever little bit of engineering is just reduced to just this rattling box that it's like you may as well just eat loose Reese's every day, <laughs> which we just what I will be doing. <laughs> So this is something I talk about pretty much every year with you all, um, but I'm really mad at this holiday season, the anxieties over mandatory gift giving. Yeah. I love Christmas presents. I love presents, but I, ever since I was young, and I think most people in like the West would agree, there is such a pressure to make sure everybody in your friend group, in your family, in your neighborhood is like all getting the perfect present from you. I remember when I was working like minimum wage jobs, somehow like scrapping my entire paycheck to make sure that everybody got some present. And just stretching myself so thin as a young person, like 20 years old, being like, okay, well, that's it. I've got my cousin, the perfect thing. <laughs> and um, I feel like while the gifting impulse is a great one, um, I think that the the pressure of the mandatory gift giving, um, regardless of like economic status, is just, I just feel like it's too much and kind of drains the the magic from Christmas. So I was thinking, I wanted to look at like, what is the history of like Christmas gift giving, like outside of like the, whatever, like religious context or whatever the original, <laughs> the, the reason for the season, but the original religious context of Christmas. So I was doing some research and I was reading this cool article from the Atlantic um, called um, Why Children Get gifts on Christmas, a history. And basically it was looking at, um, like when did like this, when did the gift exchange start happening? So I want to ask, ask you guys, like, when do you think that 
Christmas gifts became like, um, like a popular mainstay or like the exchange, like outside of the immediate, like family. Ooh, outside of the immediate family. I'm going to say capitalism. Yeah, I think it's going to be later than we think. And I think it's probably going to be like the 50s or something, 1950s. Jake, do you have any guesses? Um, I reckon either like the 1880s or something, like Dickens era. Christmas Ooh, Dickens era. That. People okay. visiting, visited by a lot of ghosts in that time. <laughs> so Jake <laughs> is actually very right. It's, uh, or the closest yes. anyway, um, like mid uh, 1800s, but also you guys talking about capitalism, concurrent with capitalism, of course. Um, basically it came from like a middle-class, um, anxiety to show their like influence of the of neighborhood <laughs> of like, Oh, oh look yes, at all of our tracks. charity. <laughs> um, which is so interesting. So there's this great quote that I want to read from this. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, while you're looking, I just want to put it on record that I said 80s. I didn't specify which 80s. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, so it says the gift exchange was driven partly by commercial interests, but more powerfully by the converging anxieties of social elites and middle-class parents in rapidly urbanizing communities who sought to exert control over the bewildering changes occurring in their cities by establishing a new type of midwinter celebration that integrated home, family, and shopping. These Americans strengthened an emerging bond between Protestantism and consumer capitalism. I just think that's so interesting because I, I think for me growing up, like, um, like loosely in the Christian faith, there's this whole thing of like, oh, we give gifts because of the Magi, of course, <laughs> which is like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but it's so like, you know, and everybody says like, oh yeah, it's capitalism. But it's so interesting to see like, that's not that long ago. That's only 200 mm. years ago here. Um, so, but I love reading about people's like different traditions that they make. Like, I know like, um, something that like we've done as a friend group is like a secret Santa, which I think is a wonderful idea of like each oh, person gets like one Santa. person in mm -hmm. a friend group and like, it's easier to like, okay, when you're close friends, like, yes, I'm all about like guessing what they want. Um, yes. but something that Elle was mentioning that really, um, helped me get thinking on this is the idea of like, it's actually really nice to just ask somebody flat out what they need or want. Oh God. Yeah. Huge. Like that has been that. so great for me for being like, actually this year I need a pair of winter boots. <laughs> like get me a pair of winter boots. That is so, so I feel like my anxieties over Christmas have totally gone away as I've gotten older because I've just been like, Oh, if I don't have the money to give presents this year, I'm not doing it. Or if I have a windfall, everybody's, for some reason, my brain wanted to say, everybody's going to Europe. <laughs> Nobody's going to Europe. I'm not buying anybody tickets to Europe. Q, I wish. <laughs> Q is waiting for me to get rich so that I can spoil Q. <laughs> the ways they've been waiting. <laughs> they've been waiting. Oh, um, gosh. But yeah, so I want to ask you guys, like, what are your favorite little, like, gifting um, traditions. Like, uh, I'll tell you that like, like Jen and I, we just started doing this thing for on Christmas. We each pick out a record for each other and then we open it Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we were like, we get so overwhelmed by like, 
And we always get each other little things that we're like, oh God, what do we get for, for Christmas for each other? It's your, it's your person. What do you do? What if you fuck it up? So we're like, okay, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing records, um, Christmas Eve. Um, but yeah, what do you, and I, I also always about, buy everybody books. <laughs> yeah, I know. What? <laughs> I want to talk about my new tradition that we've been doing for the past two years. Um, and, uh, Elle and producer Jake will know basically, uh, in our Dungeons and Dragons group, we Yay. have, instead of, um, a Christmas episode, uh, like Christmas alternative in, in like canon is called Moonmas. Moonmas. um, instead of Santa, we have a Frosty Hooves, who is, uh, a cow who, uh, does he live <laughs> on the moon or near the moon? Um, and for all the good girls and boys, he gets them buckets of cheese. And for all the bad oh. boys and girls, uh, they're sent out to the river in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no, they're sent out to the river. They're pushed out in a boat in the middle of the night. So they wake up like on a boat surrounded by a lake. <laughs> anyway, so, um, they come we, back afterwards. They, they come just, back after. It's fine. It's just a little yeah, prank. I think that's just fine. Just a little prank. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, we, <laughs> have been doing a secret frosty hooves where we've each been getting like you know getting like a secret santa but frosty hooves and we like give the gifts uh as, just before we play and then in session our characters have are gifting like the other characters something nice as well so it's very cute and wholesome and uh i like it it's cute yeah i um... i love that that's beautiful I really feel the gifting anxiety thing. Um, we've talked about this at length amongst ourselves um, because I've uh, mentioned this like a gazillion times, but I have a huge family. Um, so even if I were only to buy something for my immediate family members, so parents and siblings, I would still be buying eight gifts. And even if I only <laughs> spent a, a tenner each, that is 80 pounds, which is still not a small amount of money. Um, no. And that's not even getting into like, partners grandma like you know anyone else friends that's not housemates that is literally just my immediate family um so we actually as a family because there are so many of us like yes the ones of us that earn like that have jobs and like earn money like we do do gifts for like every for each other for everyone but something we started doing a little while ago was a, a secret santa like as a family and we oh, exchange we exchange our secret santa gifts on christmas eve um so it's like a nice little early thing um and it's just something we do together and we've never had an expectation where like siblings buy every, every, every like something for everyone um so that's really nice but the other like flip side of that is my when we were younger my both my parents came from households where they were like given like sparsely things at Christmas, like if anything, like maybe one or two things. Um, and I did not grow up with a lot of money. Like we really were quite poor. So we didn't really have much throughout the year. So my mum had this tendency to overcompensate um, and literally like get herself into debt, trying to make sure we like had a good Christmas and like going overboard and buying stuff that we just didn't need because she was mm -hmm. trying to like, trying to like a like do better than she had as a as a child and b like treat us because it's meant to be the time of year where you get treated and like it's also the kind of time of year where people get gifted all these amazing expensive things and if your kids are only getting like some socks they're gonna be like what the fuck like why does santa hate me kind of thing so we've had to like over the last sort of like decade we've had to sort of condition her out of it and very strictly like sit her down and be like 
we are grown adults. We do not need all these oh, gifts, mother. Please, yes. please, <laughs> buy us like two things each. I promise you, we, we will not think you love us less for having bought fewer things. So that compulsory gifting thing extends to parents as well, because yeah. I am absolutely certain that she is not the only parent out there who is overdoing it at Christmas when they can't afford to because they feel like they need to keep up, which is another whole new dimension to that whole thing yeah that pressure on again it sounds like christmas is just a bad time for parents with like you know adults with children like that pressure of just like that economic pressure of like and you know even like very wealthy parents too like just like okay Mm. great you blow your entire paycheck because you bought your kids i have a a professor who bought his kids hoverboards for christmas when they were 10 years old and i was like those exist and i saw them and i was like this is crazy i thought it was like a fancy vacuum <laughs> just like is this what yeah. a Roomba is yeah Mm-mm. wow well you know I gotta tell you what I'm really mad at though besides do, this <laughs> mandatory gift giving um, I won't give any spoilers but uh the White Lotus season finale reminded me that I think we have given the writer Mike white just too much power (laughs) i just think we've given him too much writing power i when i had the flu this week i watched uh school of rock again and i saw my favorite film yes i saw for the very first time with these guys um just in march and i'm like first of all i don't know how i never saw it before because richard linklater is the premier director and i'm like also mm-hmm. jack black the, like, the jack sexiest black. sexiest man alive jack sexiest black man alive. And jack black is the two facets of your personality yes. you are on a spectrum <laughs> at one start at the end of the spectrum is linklater at the other end of the spectrum is jack black that's how i view you yes. <laughs> yes and you were correct i know and I'm like, mike white is in that and then he wrote white lotus and i'm like how could you create something so perfect, just and beautiful, a school of rock, and then write this like... This is controversial, because anyway. everything I've seen on Twitter is that the finale nailed the landing. I haven't seen it's any of season everybody's two. everybody's stupid. Everybody's <laughs> just like... I will binge season two, and then in three months, then I'll we'll be like, discuss. hey, Eileen, on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's a show that's like, oh, you thought this was prestige television? Actually, nothing matters, and nothing changes, oh, no. and don't even try to push the status quo. But that's that's okay though, isn't it? That's okay as a point. That's a good point to make in art. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Who is wrong? And that's no. what I'm very glad anyway. Okay, next. <laughs> I've got a little shepherd's crook and I'm pulling Q off the stage. <laughs> This is the Shepherd's new nativity play. <laughs> anyway, can't wait till you text me about watching it. It, it really <laughs> was fun. <laughs> we love school of work. So cute. What else are we mad at? Well, E, this week I am mad at fan entitlement, I guess. Ooh. is a good way of summarizing it. So, um, the A.O. Scott uh, he's a film critic for the New York Times. He released his best movies of 2022. I'm going to very quickly read the movies just because, you know, it's important to know. So 10, uh, d- uh, no discussion. 10, Down with the Kin. <laughs> King. 9, All the Beauty and All the Bloodshed. 8, Flux Gourmet. 7, Lost Illusions. 6, Tar. 5, No Bears. 4, After mm. Sun. 3, Mr. Bachman and His Class. 2, 
Neptune Frost, and one Nope. Okay. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> it's literally amazing. Bravo, bravo. So, um, I'm a fairly filmy person, and I've only heard of three of them. Uh, but that's fine. Same. Because it's not my job. So, so many fans were furious at this list. They were like spamming him, spamming the New York Times, saying, <laughs> how dare you make a top 10 list without everything everywhere all at once? How dare you make a top 10 list without Top Gun Maverick? Both of those movies are on my top 10 list, but I've only seen about 30, 12, 20 films in the cinema this year. I'm not a professional critic. And it's not my job to recommend films to you, nor is it the job of professional fanboys to recommend jobs. A top 10 <laughs> list shouldn't be about validating other people's choices. It should be about being like, ooh, top 10 films of the year. Wow, I haven't heard of a lot of these films. That sounds great. Uh, Guess excuse- I'll go watch them now. Yeah, Exactly. Instead, yeah. people have taken it as a personal affront and being like, I haven't even heard of these films. That must mean they suck. Yeah, because famously, only good films make money. Only good films have <laughs> word releases. And all independents and foreign films and films that you haven't heard of famously suck. Yeah, that's the point. Um, yeah, obviously. Duh. <laughs> and I just hate it because uh, there's just so much fan entitlement, particularly around everything, everywhere, all at once. I absolutely adored that film, but the fandom around it has gone crazy. Everyone's yes. got fandom brain everyone's got marvel brain and i hate that people like can stand independent films and like a24 films i hate that a24 by the way i think play into it a24 totally hype up their own standum they have their own merch on their shops that like they have a24 merch but that's that's by the by i just hate that like film is viewed as like a like a kind of sport almost that like you're rooting for a certain film and if it doesn't then you hate all the other films <laughs> to oh, make yeah that's so bad it's not i hate that so much. Cute, I, can you um, can you tell us your top 10 list please? um i can now or you can wait until i post about it on the blog Tell us now Ooh. and post about it on the blog. Um, Linked content, at least a little teaser. If yeah, you give will. us the top. Give us the top three. Uh, okay, my top three. Um, oh gosh, hang on. I um, I can give you my top two, and then my top three is perpetually changing. Okay, go on okay. To top two. To, n- number two, the Banshees of Inisherin. Number Ooh. one, Moon Age Daydream. Ooh, interesting. I didn't see Ooh. either of those. No, 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 me. You can read more about the Banshees of Inisherin on the blog. Today, hopefully. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll link it in the downstairs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the Daniels who made everything everywhere all at once, uh, they had to tweet and be like, "Hey guys, not cool." Basically, saying, <laughs> "Why are you be- why are you harassing film critics? Uh, why are you guys like this?" And um, it's it's again a kind of epidemic of everyone thinking they're the experts. So we had a lot of it during COVID where everyone thought that they knew better than the scientists and the doctors oh, and the people God, on the front yeah. line and the people exactly. actually doing the research. Disgusting. Now everyone thinks that they are better than the film critics who their job is to go watch films and they have studied film and they know a lot about film more than I ever will. And I know a fair bit about film more than the random stands on Twitter will ever know, but everyone just thinks that they're the expert and it's fine. It's fine if your favourite film didn't make the top 10 list. It's really not a big deal, guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
Newsflash, you don't need all your choices validated by the New York Times. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what you do need from the New York Times is them to pay their staff fairly. Yeah, oh my exactly. God, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you have any top 10 thoughts? If they paid their staff fairly, then maybe they could see better movies. Yeah, if they paid their staff fairly, then everyone would love Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> My only thought when all these top ten, my only thought when all these top ten lists come out is like, wow, I am so woefully undercultured. <laughs> it's kind of piggybacked really nicely off the Sound and Sight list. So um, every decade, Sound and Sight release a 100 best films. It's not favorite Ooh. films. It's not like pe- people don't put their favorite films. They uh, put in what they think are the best films. And people who are invited to participate in the list are critics, film scholars and acclaimed directors um so you know not everyone gets a list um i went through the list uh you guys think i'm i know quite a bit about film you guys think i've seen a good amount of films right Mm -hmm. yes of the 100 i had only seen 15 so lots of old hollywood films that i've not seen lots of foreign films i saw the list and thought amazing tons of experiences for me to you know see some of the film as viewed by some of the greatest thinkers in the film world other people were like well i haven't seen number one so this film is irrelevant this film has (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because the number one film whose name i can't remember but it is a french film directed by a woman starring Mm -hmm. a woman Um, a lot of people are like well this list is too woke now and it's like there was a new york times article called uh is sight and sounds list of greatest films too tasteful which i just think is so <laughs> funny because <laughs> i was like oh i'm just gonna google this list and see if i know any and that's too the first tasteful. thing that comes up well, the new york times give up. and the new york Good times Lord. take it away wow <laughs> what's the last film that both of you saw in the cinema um, I saw After Sun, uh, starring Ooh. Paul Mescal, aka Mr. Phoebe Bridges, and it is oh, definitely oh. it is such a good film. So it's about parenthood and trauma and depression and mental health and how much of ourselves we oh. hide from our children and how we view parents both uh, through found footage and like clouded memory and nostalgia. And it has oh. one of the best needle drops I've ever seen in a film and i left the cinema and i just kind of walked around in the cold a little bit trying to properly absorb what i thought of it It i love that so beautiful and i noticed today didn't get a single golden globe nomination so fuck that but given that this was the director's um, debut picture it is so brave and it just trusts the audience so much more than i've seen in any in a lot of films let alone debut features and it's i'm so excited to see what left what is left from this director whose name i can't remember because i i suck as a person but oh that's made me so sad because the last time i went to the cinema it was a toss-up between that film and she said and the person i went to the cinema with chose she said and it was horrible I do yes, not recommend. Insane. Yeah, I do not recommend. I'm not going to like talk about it too much, but I will say it is a lot more triggering than you would expect it to be. It's about the Weinstein and, case in the reporting, right? Yes, it is. But even going in with that knowledge, the yeah. way that it is done and constructed and what they include, 
is way more triggering than you would expect, even with the Which is like so insensitive about. with what the content's yes. about. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Like, why would you? That is so, yeah. Like, and bad. I did. So when we, we were like literally stood out in the, the original film, we were going to go and see, um, I can't remember what we were originally going to see now. The menu. Like, we were going to go see the menu. The menu. Yeah. The menu. Yeah. It's one of menu. my favorite films of the year. Yeah. Not on, I haven't seen it. I'm so upset. I, you I know. I love it. Like, like, and I really, really want to see it. And we got into town and realized that the showing was booked out and then realized that all the showings of like any film in the city center were booked out. And the only one that we could find, actually, I think the original reason that we didn't do After Sun in the End was that it was playing slightly too late. So the only mm. film on at the right time was She Said. So we were like, fuck it, we'll go see this. And I was like, okay, well, I know what it's about. Um, it's going to be like, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I nearly had to leave at one point because it was so, oh, no. so upsetting. So just, yeah. um, con- you know, warning for anyone considering seeing it. It is upsetting and it is not even a good film. So it's not even like, oh, no. it's not even like, wow, it moved me and it was uncomfortable, but it was such a good film. It was like, no, it triggered me and it was actually like not even great. So. <laughs> How about you? What's the last film you saw in the cinema? Oh, the menu. And I loved it. I did on on Thanksgiving, I did a double feature of uh, the menu and bones and all, um, both which were great. Great. um, In different (laughs) ways. Um, I've been like really getting back into cinema this year and trying to go every week. Um, But I think the menu is just outstanding. Uh, It's not often that I see a film that like where the writing is so good that I want to read it on the page. Um, but the writing Ooh. was just phenomenal. And Ray Fiennes is just like the best villain that has ever villained. Ooh. And Anya Taylor-Joy is just the most My beautiful beetle I've ever seen. <laughs> um, Second most beautiful beetle after John Harrison, I think. Oh. <laughs> You're, correct. You're correct. And you, I'm here all night. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so- just a wonderful indictment of the food industry. So I can't wait for you all to... But yeah, the the average person only watches 3.6 films in the cinema a year. Why would they think they know more than people whose job it is to watch films? Yeah. 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 How about you, producer Jake? What's the last film you saw in the cinema? Top Gun. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I love that film. I kind of want to see it in the cinema again because it's beginning to be genuinely probably the best action movie of all time. It's up there. Incredible. You haven't seen Heat, but it's up there. Anyway, you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what I'm really mad at? Obviously, yeah. yes. Um, I got my roots done today. And uh, yeah, finally, my whites and my like <laughs> black gap are gone. And I'm no, no, a nice even red. Um, my appointment was at 10.15. Why did I leave the hair salon at 1.30? Yeah. Oh, just for your roots as well just for my roots <laughs> at one oh, point man. um like when i realized that like we didn't start we started for like half an hour late so i was like okay well that's not great and then when they were doing the treatments i was like oh yeah no a quick treatment will be great okay this will be 20 minutes <laughs> what okay, oh, no. fine wasn't aware of that when i signed up for it but at least i've got soft hair now and then she was like you want a head massage i was like absolutely not let's get this done come on come on i'll leave with slightly wet hair let's go let's go let's go i got things to do <laughs> You want to know what else I'm really mad at? 
multiple facets of a Christmas carol. Okay, first of all, <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge. If you name your child Ebenezer Scrooge, you are raising a villain. <laughs> yeah. That child had no choice. It's like naming a kid Darth Vader. Like, literally what you expect. Of course, he's going to grow up to be a bad guy. His name is Scrooge. Secondly, I think, hot take, I think Tiny Tim was putting it on a little bit. I mean, either he was, either he was a child in the Dickensian period who was ill, ergo, he was dying, or he just had a bit of a limp. If it's just a bit of a limp, get over it if you've got like osteopenia <laughs> and rippet, rickets and type 4 tubular acidosis i expect you to be a lot sicker than you are if you do have type 4 <laughs> renal, renal tubular acidosis frankly i don't think you should be excited about a christmas dinner that's a lot of salt that your kidneys can't properly filter out <laughs> secondly i mean no shade to dickens greatest author of ever whatever blah 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 you have been outdone by muppets and you've been outdone by muppets yes. hard whoa 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 hold on <laughs> You've been going on a lot about what makes you mad, including Tiny Tim, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important to remember Pay the blessings, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'd be less mad if we paid our healthcare adequately. Yeah. <laughs> Support the strikes this year. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's important to remember that there's plenty of reasons to be glad too. Like the Tiny Tim, who is still alive. <laughs> who did not die. <laughs> Very quickly, can I just say, my, uh, Chris made a graphic of me, my reaction watching Christmas Carol. <laughs> for the and first it, time. It, yeah, the first time. I only watched it for the first time last year. And it is my favourite set of pictures of me ever. We'll post it on the grid. It's phenomenal. <laughs> that should be what advertises this piece. It should, <laughs> yeah. yeah it should. God blesses everyone. You are right. What are you glad at? L. One thing. I am glad because it snowed in Bristol yesterday and I was in bed and my uh, bed fellow got up at 6 <laughs> Speaking of dickens. <laughs> got, up, got up at 6.30 when their alarm went off and looked at the window and went, oh my God, it's snowing. I am not a morning person, but there are that, that is one of the only phrases that'll make me jump out of bed. And I jumped out of I jumped out of bed. I looked out the window. I went, oh my God, it is snowing. And I put on my boots. I didn't even change out my pajamas, put on my boots and my coat. And I went outside in the oh. snow and I oh. sat th- stood there and enjoyed like, there's like that like weird, like muffled silence. Oh God, snowed, yes. And there's like no one around because it's 6.30 in the morning and it was fresh and I took my cat out and I plonked him in the snow and he had little little cat footprints and he did not like it but it was great it was Marius' oh. first snow um, oh. I was th- I'm thrilled it melted like I, I came back in and went back to bed and got up again at like midday and it had already melted by that point pretty much but there was snow and I'm happy yeah and it looked so beautiful oh. it was nice also I rewatched the movie Klaus which is a great Hell yeah. film and you should watch it Oh, I gotta see it. It's really charming. Uh, what are you glad at, E? So I moved to the most Christmas town that has ever Christmassed. Oh, um, I live um, across from kind of like the, not like town hall, but like the unofficial town hall. And it's where everybody in the town gathers. Um, and the first morning that uh, we were here, um, people were all singing uh, Christmas carols and had lit the tree. And they have all Aww. these little uh, pictures of like Whoville. And, oh. and so, and we have like, 
Oh, okay. First of all, and the entire street is just insane, like lit up with Christmas. Um, and like pretty much every day, there's just like a new special thing um, to celebrate Aww. Christmas in town and everyone's doing it together. So like just yesterday, there was a, <laughs> a little Christmas tuba concert <laughs> that I could hear from my bedroom. And it was just kids Aww. all playing various brass, singing Christmas, like playing Christmas carols. <laughs> Um, it's so funny. I know it's just such a little wholesome. I just live in Whoville. It is just, and I live like right opposite a big Christmas tree. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if we've even mentioned that you've moved and you're no longer in California. Here's where I have, I have not been on the pod because I was moving across country, which was very stressful and terrible, but I'm here now in my hometown and we love it. It's very cold and beautiful and um the time zone is snow next week time zone is so much yeah. better for yeah. the pod out, back <laughs> on the east coast baby yes it's true <laughs> so we're we are here in Whoville. i mean 6 p.m which we never would have been able to do in california time. no this is great we are I so know. happy to have you back this side this yeah ideal uh, so that's i'm also glad at <laughs> i'm glad at our little time zones you what are you glad at besides me being nearer Okay, so as we all know, uh, most Christmas music kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. It's getting kind of stale. Uh, uh-huh. What we need on the scene is um, a new uh, voice for the Christmas generation. We need uh-huh. new, new tunes. We need new, new music. Jake, hit it. Letter, and I hope it's not in vain. This I really would feel much better if Christmas the fat flew a plane. Now they say he got a reindeer for the sleigh he's driving here. But how the fuck's he go if it doesn't snow on Christmas this year? We need the rights to the Academy Award winning actor Joe Pesci with <laughs> <laughs> with his very own Christmas album. And can I tell you oh the name? I mean, wow. Vincent LaGuardia Gambini sings <laughs> just for you. <laughs> by Joe Pesci. Oh my God. <laughs> he also has a song. He has a couple of Christmas songs. He has a song called Yo Cousin Vinny, a song called <laughs> What Is Guy, a song called I Got News for You. How do you like me so far? Ladies and gentlemen, it is Joe Pesci's world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> wow. I, you know what? I miss the era where everybody just had a Christmas album. Like to be a man, you just had a Christmas album. What happened? <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. I'm not sure how true that is. Joe Pesci, as far as I know, is the only alumni of Goodfellas with a Christmas album. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. I feel like William. <laughs> Are you still on the EP for Robert De Niro's Christmas album? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying check your oh stocking list here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that bombshell, that's what we've been mad at. <laughs> <laughs> I just it was a surprise. <laughs> 
let us know what you've been mad at by tweeting at us at BushimiaMag with the hashtag Wheelma or reply to our story sticker on Instagram each week and we'll read it out on the following show. If you liked the pod, tell all your friends and be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at BushimiaMag and check out the magazine at BushimiaMagazine.com. Um, the latest issue is available to order. We have it in our hands. It is Ooh. here. And it'll be um, in shop so- soon. Yes, and it is in various shops across the UK at the moment, um, and it will be all the uh, USA orders are on their way as we speak, which is very exciting. Um, we this is our last podcast of the year, so we will see you in the new year. Oh, of course, um, in the Christmas break. We are, uh, but in the meantime, uh, you can follow us all individually on Twitter in case you miss us and you want to hear all our wonderful wisecracks. Uh, you can follow me at Sarah Bushimia, and I'm at Eileen.net. And I'm at It's Sarah Q. And the Q stands for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> and I'm Jake. At Jake Bolton. Yeah. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy festive season. Uh, see you next time. And stay mad. Bye. Bye. Bye.